you start listening to these other coaches and administrators from the OVC and from Tennessee Tech, and um, it's pretty interesting what everybody is doing, all these different schools. And, of course, what I do, it makes it even more interesting, but it's just interesting to see what the teams are doing, what the coaches are doing, what the, what the schools are doing with their athletic department, media relations, broadcasts, whatever it may be. And we'll, that's a nice segue into a guy who does all that and does it really, really well for the Ohio Valley Conference. Kyle Schwartz, would you remind me what your official title is? Because I know these things change occasionally. I just try to get it as long as possible. Yeah. You know, uh, Associate Commissioner for Strategic Communications. And what I want you to do now is define each word and why it's in there. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly right. Stop, you know, and, and we do the same thing, right? So, like, the, the job has so much changed over the years. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, communications is a good way to kind of wrap up all the little things that we do and uh, that falls under our plates to help our programs get the, get the word out, right? When I was – I went to uh, my advisor at Treveco, uh, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I, was, I, I changed my degree multiple times. By the way, I started off in uh, – the ministry. I was going to be a minister. And so wisely, someone told me that wouldn't be a good uh, job for me, but I ended up in, and finally my advisor just said, said, well, why don't you do communication studies? That will be useful to you your entire life. I said, sure, whatever. And did it. And now, and that's one of those pivotal moments that I had no part in really, other than just saying, yeah, sure. And it was true. It, it, made a difference in my life because I learned so many different things that I use every day now. And I know people say that I don't ever use anything. About, I do every day use things I learned on my, on, in my degree. I don't know if that was a question or not, but I started out as a political science major, which would have been a huge mistake as well. And ended up actually as a marketing major before getting into communications, but it's right. You can do anything with, the, that, with was, that kind of background. That was my minor political science. And I don't use that hardly at all, except for when I watch TV. So, <laughs> so, and what, one thing that you do use in sports information, in communications, in broadcasting, in all areas of athletics is math. Math is something you use all the time, and especially right now, this time of year, when you're looking at the OVC men's and women's basketball standings and trying to figure out who's going to advance, who's going to play who, and when they're going to play. And I've looked through it just a little bit. I'm sure you've looked at it a lot more. And just like just about any conference in the country, it's very confusing. It's coming down to significant games today. Could we start with the women first, who are Southern Indiana is uh, locked up, Ironically, guess guess where the tournament is, by the way, in in Evansville, and they're a brand new member to the to the league, and they're in there dominating the women's side. Talk about uh, the women's bracket a little bit and what yeah. matters today. Today, you know, Southern Indiana last year was their first year in the OVC. They didn't we take our top eight teams to the tournament. They didn't even qualify last year for the tournament. Wow. Uh, their first year in Division One, and that's tough. Moving yeah. up. This year, they're 16-1. and one. They have really been by far the best team. So we've known they've been the regular season champions for almost three weeks. We know they're going to be number one seed, and they're just waiting to see where everybody else is going to be. So the exciting thing is, you know, par- people use the word parity, but uh, we really do have a lot of good women's teams. So after them, you have two teams with 11 wins, two teams with 10 wins, and a, and a team with nine wins. So we have a lot of movement between two and five, and, you know, Tennessee State is playing at UT Martin today. So you'd learn could likely be that two seed if they win or even if they lose. We got an Eastern Illinois and a, you know, Tennessee Tech who's on this program. They're right there too, and along with Little Rock. So a couple teams who some other in Tennessee Tech, um, 
um, plays Little Rock today, so you know movement on here and there. So we had all the tiebreakers sort of worked out, but I do know this: like the top five seeds are all going to be teams with double-digit conference wins. So I think we're in for a good tournament on the women's side coming up next week in Evansville. I was looking uh, at it just a little bit because uh, we were talking about TSU with uh, with Greg Pogue a little bit earlier. Uh, but TSU and SEMO are tied. If I'm correct, they're tied for the number eight. And if you're, and I looked at Tennessee State, and I was like, well, oh my, they have to play uh, UT Martin, which is number two in the league. And I thought, well, that that stinks. Who does SEMO play? And I was like, oh no, they play number one, Southern Indiana. So, so <laughs> that that's, so, that's, so obviously that has a very good chance of going to the tiebreaker. Correctly, and so for TSU, which obviously is the local story, they need to win. They don't win the tiebreaker with SEMO. Okay. Um, so TSU will have to win that game today. So if they don't, um, then SEMO is going to get that eighth spot. But I'm probably not ex- probably stressful for the teams and the coaches, right? But yeah. it is sort of exciting going in for fans or administrators the last day. Like, there's something to play for, which yep. there's something to be said about that. Absolutely. Well, the men's side is uh, less clear. You've got three teams here tied at 13-4, and four for, and I'm sure there's tiebreakers already in play. But you got Moorhead State, UT Martin, and Little Rock. Again, another relatively new member to the OVC in there in the top three. And then it, it then there's a twelve and five Western Illinois uh, right there, and Tennessee State at ten and seven. And again, everybody uh, looks really, really good, especially in the upper half of that bracket. Well, Moorhead State was sort of rolling for a while, and then they lost three games in a row and kind of came back to to the whole group. So. I did some research yesterday as a good communications person yeah. would do. Three times in the history of the 76-year history of the OVC has there been a three-way tie for the champion. So, um, ironically, Moorhead State has been involved every time that's <laughs> happened. And if it happens today, they'll be, they'll be involved. I would say all three of those teams are probably favored to win their games. I think the toughest is, is TSU against Martin, really. I think Moorhead and, and Little Rock are going to win. If they all went out, the, the, for the fans listening, the, the tiebreaker, you take everybody in the ties record against everybody, and then you see who has the best record. And Little Rock is, is in control of their own destiny. So if Little Rock wins, they're going to be the one seed. UT Martin would be the two, and Moorhead would be the three. And why that's important, the way the OVC tournament bracket works, is the number one and two seeds get double buys to the semifinal, and then the three and four seeds get single buys to the quarters. So if you're the one and two seed, you only have to win two games to go to the NCAA tournament. So very important to have a great regular season. So the tie isn't that hard to work out, but we could end up with three teams at the top. And I think that leads to the quality of men's basketball we have that any of those teams, and then even Western TSU right below them, have a chance next week in Evansville. Um, you mentioned Western. They're going to be the four seed no matter what. And then Tennessee State's locked into the five seed. So TSU will play the first game of the men's tournament next Wednesday night um, at 6.30 in Evansville. When you're in the role that you're in and you get new teams in, and you get you got new teams into the league, Little Rock, Southern Indiana, and Lindenwood, all mm-hmm. really good athletic programs. I'm, I'm very familiar with, with all three of them. And then you add in Western Illinois, who actually brings in a little bit of a rivalry with, with, with some of the teams as well. Mm-hmm. Um that that's a unique changing dynamic, and everybody is dealing with this among conferences now every, every year, almost it seems like, until until this thing kind of settles down. And it's all le- it's on all levels. It's D one, D two, D three, NAI, whatever league you're in. It's changing 
almost every year now in every conference. How, how do you handle that in helping the other teams in the conference get to know these new teams and vice versa? These new teams get to learn about and, and why they should want to beat so-and-so, which is, which is the goal, right? Everybody wants to beat everybody, right? That's, for, that's a great question. I think there's probably some anxiety on everybody's end when it first happens and when you lose schools and then it's uh, sort of like dating, like, hey, would you like to date us, new school, and, and come over <laughs> here? Um, and I think the big part is, you know, we actually had some, um, you know, Zoom, um, get-to-know kind of things at the new school and, like, with the conference office, like, hey, here's what we do and what questions do you have? And then I think with them, they look forward – their excitement to be involved, to be associated with the OVC. The number one thing I've heard a lot is like, I'm looking forward to going to School X. I'm looking forward to taking road trips to School Y because it is new. And maybe you get it, you know, when you're in a, another conference for so long, you get comfortable, which is you, you like to be comfortable, but you also like to experience new things. I think the teams have been excited going, going and seeing new OVC schools. The rivalry part, I don't know if they've quite met their rivals and, and who they want to beat. Although I would think, you know, on the men's side with Little Rock being in a three-way tie, that probably creates some rivalries right yep. away when you're playing for a championship. So I think it's just them going through the conference schedule once. And you're right, Western Illinois, them they're they're close to a lot of our schools. Our, our footprint has shifted a little bit geographically. Yep. They have a traveling trophy with Eastern Illinois, and they've played for over 100 years of basketball. So now instead of a non-conference game, that becomes a conference contest, which I think just makes it even more important. So – so far, I think everybody has integrated pretty well, and um, even though the teams look different, you know, five teams left, five teams, four new teams in over the last four years, it has been uh, it has been a pretty smoothless transition. Uh, one of the things that uh, you look at here too is the OVC tournament, and and with Southern Indiana coming in, that kind of changes that dynamic a little bit too, because you got a team locally that's there, but this has been a good fit. For the OVC as well, a really good facility, a really fun city to be to. Probably a very underrated. I'm very familiar because Trevec has been in the uh, Division Two in the Midwest region, and Southern Indiana was a team that we played quite a bit as a region opponent, and they hosted a lot of events there, uh, regional things, especially track and field and, and whatnot. They do a really, really good job, and so that's that to me. That's a when I heard they were going. D1 and going OVC, I was like, yeah, that's a really, really good fit. And then you throw Lindenwood in, which is obviously very familiar mm -hmm. with them. That's that's a pretty good pair of D2s moving up to D1 and going to the OVC. You know, Evansville's really great, almost the center of our geographic footprint. It used to be Nashville. It's mm -hmm. shifted a little north now. Um, so Southern Indiana, obviously in Evansville, they're about 15 minutes from away from downtown. And the, our tournament is at the Ford Center downtown, which is actually the it's the home court of the Evansville Aces. So yeah. their men's team play there. They have all the big concerts and, and sporting events. Um, seventh year we've been there. The building is fantastic. In addition to our tournament, as you referenced, they've hosted the, the Division Two regionals, the Division Two mm -hmm. Elite Eight. So USI actually played in a men's Division Two Elite Eight at the building and had a great fan base. So last year their men played one game and and, and lost, and their women didn't qualify. This year, their women are the, obviously, as I said, the number one seed. Their men are in that last. Um, they're playing Tennessee Tech, battling Tennessee Tech for the last spot today. So, pro, you know, with their presence there, probably a few bit more fans and a, a little bit more excitement. Um, but I, I don't know if the other teams view it as a, a huge advantage yet for USI uh, playing in their hometown. But it does create a little extra buzz that uh, we, you know, we want those fans of Evans, 
the fans that live in Evansville, whether USI fans, University of Evansville fans, or don't have an allegiance to come see our product. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, football and the second year of the Big South OVC partnership. Because of all the shifting, I thought this was ingenious of you guys and the Big South to, to do. Just talk a little bit more in depth about that and how it, how it plays out. We reference changing landscape. Uh, one of the biggest changing landscapes has been, uh, you know, FCS, which was used to be one double A football, mm-hmm. and and teams that uh, we have teams moving conferences. A bunch of teams have moved up to the to the bowl subdivision uh, in recent years. So you know, a process started really three or four years ago of talking with other conferences about are there unique ways we could partner. And uh, before last season, our football teams at the time we we had six. And the Big South at the time had four, um, and we were in danger of losing an automatic bid. Said, let's partner together, let's keep that automatic bid, and let's let's make us our tagline stronger together. Let's be stronger together. Let's um, do some help each other out with both of our our conference office staffs. And so last year we played, we had a, a, a conference uh, of ten members strong, which really finding games is tough, especially finding home games. You could go get. Game, buy games or people are paying you to come, you know, for them to beat you down. Um, but it's hard to get home and home games. So that, that even it's funny, even though we played the one year, we added Western Illinois to the schools that were with the Big South left. So next year we have nine teams, which actually is a great number for uh, scheduling. You you have nine opponent, nine teams. You play eight conference games, and it's really strengthened what our teams are. So even though the dynamic of our uh, association is changed a little bit in, in from year one to year two you know having having nine teams together to have a full conference schedule and it's very geographically uh together we do have gardner webb and charleston southern from the big south and, and but that, that's not like we're having teams in, on the west coast so it really helps our teams some planning and, and and just everything they need to have a successful season well kyle it's always uh, good to talk to you 